Kristen Chenoweth, great award-winning actress from Broadway and TV and the movies, but now she's also written another book. It's called What Will I Do With My Love Today? She's our guest on Personally Speaking. Stay with us. To personally Speaking, I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti, and Tony Award-winning actress Kristen Chenoweth joins me now. Kristen earned a Tony Award for her role as Sally Brown in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. She received a second Tony nomination for her iconic Broadway role as Galinda in the smash hit musical Wicked. Her television credits include The West Wing and the ABC comedy drama Pushing Daisies, which earned her an Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. Kristen Chenoweth has written her first children's book, and it's entitled What Will I Do With My Love Today?, which touches upon the beauty of adoption, something Kristen can relate to. She's here with us today to talk about that, her engagement, the faith and values that matter the most to her. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome back to Personally Speaking, the great, talented actress, singer, and writer, Kristen Chenoweth. Good to see you again after a long time. You're looking wonderful as always. Oh, you're lying, but I love you. <laughs> I just got in at 3 o'clock last night, and I was like, I, I had meetings this morning, and I thought Jaws was the appropriate T-shirt to wear. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> did, you get a, did, did you get a nap beforehand? About a two-hour, so I'm good. all right. You know, I, I have uh, my 101-year-old mom living with me, and I live with her, so I'm her roommate. So I had a similar experience last night, not not like yours, but uh, up with mom as often as she wanted. So we're both a little tired, but I'm so happy to have you on. And, and also, Kristen, to talk about what will I do with my love today. Tell me a couple of things. Um, how many dogs have you had in your life? Okay. One, two, three, five. This is my fifth dog. Okay. Now, the thing is... We know they love us unconditionally, unlike some human yep. beings, and that's what makes oh, them yeah. remarkable. But we eventually yep. lose them. Why would you go back to falling in love again, only to know that someday it's going to be over? I liken it to this. I asked my mom one day. She had my brother. And um, they adopted me. But I said, Mom, what was that pain? You know, she goes, you know, you forget about the pain. Forget about the pain. There's just more love. And I think that's what we do with our animals. Yeah, you know there's we a line. We forget about, yeah, we forget about all the stuff that comes with an animal, and we just, we have them. There's a, a line in the gospel where Jesus says, when a woman is in labor, she is sad because her time has come. But when she has born her child, she no longer remembers her pain, the joy, the joy that a child has been born. So I was doing this with a women's group, and one woman raised her hand. She said, clearly, Jesus never gave, gave birth, or he couldn't say it would be that easy to get over it. But your mom's right. Now, let me ask you something. You've talked in other places about the fact that your mom, who adopted you, said beautifully, um, you know, your biological mom gave you life, but we gave you a life. Do you love both women? Yes. Okay. I love the I love my birth mother because she could have made a choice. Yeah. Now, this is an interesting 
topic and a hot topic. But I have to say that she made a choice to give me life. Yeah. And if she hadn't given me life, the blessing of being in the channel with family and being given a real life could have never happened. My my mother, Junie Chenoweth, could not have another child, and they wanted another child. And they had my brother, Mark, and God just, its it was a God wink, you know? God went, this girl belongs in this family. And so I thank her, and I love her every day. I say, you did not, she said, when I very first met her, which took me later in life, um, she said, are you mad at me? I said, Mad, I love you. You gave me a shot. And really, adoption is a great option. And I'm not here to talk about women's rights and all of that stuff because every woman is different. And I can't decide for a woman what's right for them. But I know that for my mama Lynn, what was right for her is for her to give me a chance at life. And I'm so glad she did. Yeah. I'm so glad she did too. You know, over the years I've had the opportunity because of the work I did to place uh, different babies with with folks and uh, I've seen what heartbreak the biological mom goes through but also the the trust that this was a good decision and that good will come out of it. And then years later to run to the kids, I had a, a, a young person who came to me recently who said, you know, 24 years ago you helped me to be adopted. And I just wanted to say, if you ever talk to my biological mom, just say thank you for my life. And uh, oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> what a great I wrote gift. a book a long time ago called A Little Bit Wicked, and there was yeah. a chapter in it that said if I could thank her, and I didn't know her at the time, mm-hmm. if I could thank her, I would say, say thank you to her. There's three women that I would say thank you to. The one that gave me life, the one that was supposed to adopt me but found out she was pregnant right before I was born. Wow. And then Junie Chenoweth. So there's. <laughs> so I'm with I'm with your old client that said that because that's the way I feel. Yeah. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my life. Listen, you know, when I think of you, I know distinctly who you are, but I, in my head, in my mind's eye, I think of you as someone similar to Dolly Parton. And the reason is because everyone I know who knows you uh, and, and knows her, it talks about the similar kindness, the similar compassion, the similar heart that's bigger than the body, to be sure. I just mentioned it because Dolly can answer for herself, but for you, the niceness, the kindness, the compassion, what's the what's the source of that in you? I think she leads with love. She's been a great mentor to me, even at times she didn't know it. Wow. Um, she leads with love, not judgment. Mm. She, uh, she gave a great, I love her little isms. I call them Dolly isms. <laughs> right. um, she, she, you know, she has been very open to all communities yes. with love and not judgment. And I think that's our job as Christians to do that. Yeah. There was a there was a story about um, a young man that was going to transition. So just to get right down to brass tacks. Right. And he said, I'm going to transition and I'm going to go to hell. My family won't accept me. And do you have any advice for me? And she said, yes. Do not get caught in the rain with your heels and and wig. <laughs> and I thought that just says it to a T. That's Dolly Parton, you know. <laughs> and I I possess a little bit of that. Like I try really hard not to sweat the small stuff, and yeah. I try to I try to show people that 
you know, judgment doesn't get us anywhere. Mm-hmm. Love gets us everywhere. Yeah. And that's what she embodies. And I would love to play her. In fact, yesterday she said it on CNN. I want Christian Channel to play me. And I would love to play her. Yeah. I'm lacking a couple things. But I think we could get those arranged. <laughs> and um, yeah, I would just love There's just something about her since I was a little kid that I related to her. And people that know us together, mm-hmm. like know us separately, say, y'all are just alike. All right, let's go back to the book, okay? Um, who is the audience for this book? At first, it's it's billed as a children's book, but I, you know, after reading it myself, said, this is for the, the child and every adult as well. This book is universal. Was that your hope? Yeah, because I did a show a long time ago on Broadway called You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. And my character was the adult, even though she was the youngest, she was the adult of the group. And which made it fun for the adults to come see the show. So I thought, how can I write a book where families can sit down and read it with their kids, but also make the parents laugh and enjoy? Mm -hmm. And I started it with the question, because the pandemic had just hit, what will I do with my love today? Because I went from 180 miles an hour to zero. (laughs) And for a lot of us artists we didn't know what to do with ourselves right and then how do we show our love because we have masks and six feet apart and don't touch anyone don't breathe mm-hmm. on it how do we do this so after about eight weeks i asked my fiance to uh make a risk with me and head to la where i had more room and i could walk outside and i had more room to really think and i was walking thunder and the idea came to me with rescue and loving each other unconditionally. And I was adopted, as you know, Mm -hmm. and I rescued Thunder, and she rescues me every day. So the crux of the book is Mm -hmm. about that. And and Christy Dawn and Thunder take on Manhattan. And there's times (laughs) when they're both scared, and there's times when they're both happy, and there's times when they're both singing. But um, I'm really, really proud of it. It did very well on, on Amazon its first week, and I'll get, to, I'll get to read it at the Easter Egg Roll at the White House. They chose this book. So I'm, I'm very proud of it. I never thought that I would be doing a children's book. Yeah. This, this, this love you have in your heart for uh, pets as well as for people, uh, going back to what you were saying about, uh, and I think this is the message of Jesus, love everybody no matter what, love unconditionally. Uh, our Pope, uh, Pope Francis, when he was down in Chile a couple of years ago, he met with three gays, guys who were gay, and uh, he said to them something interesting. He said, uh, God doesn't care if you're gay. The Pope doesn't care that you're gay. I just care that you're good and that you love people. And and that's very much what's at the heart of what you say, too. But uh, The Pope got a lot of grief for saying that, and I think you get grief sometimes. when people. I get grief all the time because I'm with the Pope. <laughs> That's a good guy to be with, I have to tell you. Um, what do you do with it? When, when you run into people who are a wall in terms of acceptance of everybody, how do you break through to their heart? Especially to the ones that are just, that, that are ones that are raised like me, my own kind, if you will. Mm-hmm. I just say, I don't judge you for how you believe in any way, shape, or form. And I would ask that you would do the same. Yeah. I love you, um, just like God loves you. And I know God loves me. Um, but if not us, then who to show people who are unkind, not unkind, who are supposedly different or supposedly unlovely people. If not us to show kindness to those people, then who? Yeah. 
Absolutely, Kristen. Kristen, go back to the uh, beautiful people who adopted you. When you look back on the way in which they raised you, what did your parents in the journey of your life do right? So many things. Mm. Um, I did grow up in the church, and it and it did it did, and I accepted Christ early on. Mm-hmm. And the and the Lord is my Savior. And I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying it's what works for me. Right. Um, I also I also ask many questions of God. We've gotten into it before, but I think He wants us to be thinking Christians. And I maybe not have made decisions that Christians uh, would make. In fact, I know I have, have. But that ground that my parents gave me has helped me stay alive in this, not in just this business, but in life, because this is a hard life. And especially of the past, of late. And they have helped me to come to understand that mm. The devil might seem like he's winning the, the battle, but really, the only one one wins the war. And I can get depressed, I can get sad, I'm human, just like everybody else. Um, you know, it seems like every day there's something else. Ukraine, Russia. You think the Russians wanna be at war? No, we know the Ukrainians don't. We know that we have, for, first responders. We know that we have COVID. You know, it's been an interesting time to be alive. Yeah. And all that I can tell you is prayer. For some people, it's meditation. For me, it's prayer. I talk to God all the time. Mm-hmm. And music. Music helps. Music yeah. is the universal language. And so that's that's what I do. Kristen, let me ask you, and I'm with you on this whole concept of prayer, but um, obviously I find it easier to pray for people I love. I want them to be made well. I talk to God about that. But lately I've been saying in church, like, can you focus on the person you like the least and pray for them? And people say, that's a tough one for me. And you just mentioned the situation. I'm trying, without success, by the way, to find it in my heart every day to pray for Vladimir Putin and the change of his heart and mind. Uh, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but... How do you handle running into people who seem to have, hopefully very few, an invincible evil in them? I have been uh, asking that same question for a long time, especially as a Christian, like, why God? Why should I have to pray for him or her? Here's why. There might, God might have other plans. To to us, it's, he's, he's lost his mind. But maybe, just maybe, there is no problem too big for our Lord. Mm. And what's it going to hurt if we go ahead and pray for him? Yeah. Nothing. Right. The only thing it can be done is he can be prayed for. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe in a dream or he'll see something, maybe, that, that could change the world. It, it is in his power. But again, I say, it looks like Satan or pure evil is winning the battle. Yeah. But it is not the truth. Because I guarantee you, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, mm-hmm. God wins the war. 
and Vlad- Vladimir Putin can say all t- day and twice on Sunday, mm-hmm. this is how it's going down, and he might be right, and he might win the battle, but he ain't winning the war. Right, right, right. No, I totally agree. In Kristen Chenoweth's book, uh, what, am I, what Will I Do With My Love Today, she celebrates so many different forms of love. Uh, but I want to talk about a specific love that you have embraced, Kristen. Um, every time I, every weekend when I do a wedding, I say at the outset of the homily, look, you know, I think what you're about to do is one of the greatest leaps of faith in the world. Because all you know is the past, the romance you guys have shared. You have no clue what the future holds, and yet you are promising before God to love that other person always and forever, no matter what. Where did you find the courage with Josh to say, I'm going to make that leap. I believe enough in our relationship and in God's plan for us I'm going to make the leap. Where did the courage come from? I have had great men in my life, and I've had some real turds. And <laughs> I had decided that being married wasn't going to be for me. Right. And, and some people, like Paul, I think, made that decision for themselves. Um, that old adage of when you're not looking, there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, when Josh and I sat down on our first date and asked me if we could pray. Yeah. Um, that probably, I was like, huh? Because it reminded me of when I was a little girl. Mm. And my dad would say that. And I realized how long it had been since I dated a man who had said that to me. Wow. Um, Josh has my back. Mm-hmm. Josh loves music. We are in alignment in our faith. And so, therefore, a lot of times we feel like it's me and him against the world. And if I know that if I quit tomorrow, everything I did, Mm -hmm. he would still love me. He's seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, as I say. (laughs) And and I him. And I him. And we still want to be together. And COVID... We were dating before COVID, but COVID brought us together. It, it tore either tore people apart or brought them together. And this was a God thing, too, because he's 13 years my junior, and I would have never thought that I would have done that. But he's, he's an old soul. He's given me great advice, and he is um, a musician. And I'll never let my New York place go, but he lives in Nashville, and I'll be going... I bought, we bought um, down there too, mm-hmm. so we can be in Nashville and New York. Wow. Okay, I want to talk a little bit back to our friend, our, our man upstairs, the Lord. Um, for pe- folks who don't know, Kristen some years ago went through a traumatic situation where uh, uh, literally a, a light fixture fell down from a set onto her and nearly killed her. Now, Kristen, from my perspective, you know, you sometimes say you're, you're a major sinner. Okay, we all are. but. You are really good, and you're kind, and you're loving. You try to leave the world a better place than you found it. When you were basically laid low by that accident, did you do much of uh, fist shaking in God's face to say, what are you thinking? I'm one of the good guys. Why would you want to see me laid low? A little bit. It took me a while because it took me two weeks to um, understand what happened. Wow. My photographic memory was gone, and I had cracked teeth, cracked ribs, a seven-inch skull fracture. And my mind was just slower. Mm -hmm. When I finally came to understand what had actually happened, and I didn't get mad about it. I was still like, you just got to get better so you can get back out there, so you can get back out there. You don't want to be viewed as weak. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You don't want to be viewed as you've got this problem. You're a thoroughbred. You know, you're known for this. And my parents left after two months because I had to have trouble. I had trouble walking, and we had to practice like brain exercises and words and getting my sentences back. And it still, when they left, it still took me a long time. It was really, really hard. They needed to go, and I needed them to go, but. Um, that was the time when I spent a lot of time reflecting, reflecting about, I didn't know my birth mom at the time. I didn't know um, why this could happen to me and why a life picture had fallen me during Wicked as well. Like something about light. And lights have always been kind of weird with me. And then people say, you are light. You're light. So like, it's kind of weird um it was it took me a lot longer to heal than people know um my face was rearranged and i covered it up really good with makeup for as long as i could wow and i'll tell you what happened because i was quiet about it and didn't sue and didn't do all the things i should have done what what happened over period of several years as I became bitter mm-hmm. and angry about my pain because I still have pain and the people that are responsible for what happened are no longer there and that's important for me to say we have wonderful people that are running CBS now but mm-hmm. um, it was just blown off and the minute they say we're sorry that means they they are Responsible. I was standing on my cue, heard action, and landed at Bellevue. So um, there was a lot of why God, why? Why me? And my mom would say, why not you? No different, no special than anybody else. Your job, just like a basketball player, I'm an athlete. Your job is around climbing up the stairs to get to a bubble and falling down the bubble and fall you know your job is uh physical Mm -hmm. and um i do have pain i deal with it through pain management and exercise and a bunch of other stuff that i should be doing better but the truth is why not us we all have our stuff Mm -hmm. i have meniere's disease which made it worse inner ear problems vertigo but i'm alive yeah, you sure are. Very much alive, still being creative and putting yourself out there. Um, you know, a health-related question. Uh, Father Tom Brosnan is a good friend of mine, also adopted, and he says he's uh, in high school filling out a job application, and he realizes he's giving them information about his adoptive parents, which, you know, medically doesn't have much to do with him. And he said that's when he realized, i got to find my birth parents to, yes. to find out what my health history is. Do you take a stand on that, Kristen? Like he's been testifying before state senates and stuff saying, open the records when it comes to at least our medical history so we can know what what we're about physically. Yes, no? I stand with him because if there's something that we can know about ourselves that we can help prevent or just know that runs in our family. You know, I know, for example, colon cancer runs in my family. Mm -hmm. I know that people have eczema. I know I come from a family of musicians. I know that... I, you know, it just so much more makes sense now. The Meniere's, the inner ear problem. My, what would be my grandmother on my mother's side had it terribly. Uh. So now I know. 
and I stand fully beside it. And um, the people that raise you are your parents. Hmm. Period. Yeah. You can get mad at them. You can, you know, all, but they're the ones that raised you. And then you got this other family that's just more love or not. You can just find out your your medical records, and I have mine. Yeah, you know his uh, his first response from his biological mother was, "I gave you up a long time ago, and and that's a part of my life I want to close the door on. So thanks for writing, but no thanks." So for a moment there, he thought it's a second rejection. Uh, she, oh, yeah. she 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 came to see uh, the value of of connecting and. Uh, she didn't go to God before they had lots of opportunities to talk and to meet. But uh, your your biological mom was open to the possibility of getting together to talk? Oh, open. She went through years of depression after oh. she uh, gave baby up, um, baby girl. And we had the most beautiful reunion with my parents. And she is a part of our family. There's only more love. I'm, I call her Mama Lynn. She's not my mother. She gave birth to me. She's, mm. gave, she's my birth mother. Yeah. Um, my parents, Junie and Jerry, raised me and gave me all the chances. And I remember when I first met her, she said, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? I said, mad at you? I've, I've come to tell you that I love you and thank you. Kristen, I'm going to leave you in a minute. I'm, I just ask you, for the folks who want to get hold of this book, and I'm hoping every grandparent and parent will pick it up for their kid because it's so beautifully done. Uh, how do they get the book? They can go on my website, order it. They can go on however they do their music, just like books. Amazon is the easiest way to do it. Um, Amazon.com. Here you are. Um Please go get it, check it out. Amazon will have it there for you in a day or two, and you can enjoy it together. Would you be willing to carry a message for me, Kristen? Sure. Sure. Would you tell Josh he's certainly one of the most blessed, lucky men in the whole universe? I'll tell him. Thank <laughs> you, tell, you tell him that. Thank you so I'll much. I'll remind for him every day, but I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely tell him. Tell him your priest friend said he's one lucky man, and if Pope Francis would change the rules tomorrow, I'd wrestle him to the ground for that beautiful Kristen. You know that? Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I love you for that. <laughs> Kristen, he's thank you. Love. Thank you so much. God bless you, my friend, and hope to talk to you again soon. Well, also, if I may, before we go, yeah. um, there's a couple other places you can get it to the books. Okay. Kindle. All right, okay. Barnes and Nobles, Kobo, Apple Books, and Google Playbooks. So right. really, however you order your books is how you can get this book. That's great, and I'm glad. I always get stuff out of Barnes and Noble because I, I want them to survive, and I know they're Me up too. against the, the big guns. So that was wise that you point out. Many other, not so great as Amazon, but they're out there and they're trying to sell good books like this. So we want right. to encourage people to go to them too. Kristen, right. wherever we're going to get it, we're going to get it. I'll make sure that no one in my parish gets into the church door without a copy. Thank you so much, Thank my friend. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye now. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you need to reach me for any reason, you can get me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. For not only this program, but past programs, go to YouTube and search under Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti. And please don't forget to click like and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti. We're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. Please share and let others know about Personally Speaking. 
I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, personally speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.